Um, I'm sure many of you know me already. My name is Tops. I uh, come to church uh, here with my wife, Nicole, and our two sons, uh, Jacob and uh, Zach. I'm sure everyone here knows Jacob. <laughs> if you don't, he'll be uh, running around later on. Um, I'm really grateful to be given the opportunity to stand uh, before all of you this morning, to be able to uh, share with you this morning, and I uh, take this responsibility uh, very serious. Um, so I just pray that the Holy Spirit will guide me, uh, that you will help me uh, deliver a message that God has for us this morning. Yep. And uh, today we are carrying on our series on uh, Jesus' parables. Uh, I was given uh, the parable of Jesus' teachings. I'm sorry, it doesn't have a very catchy name. It's not the parable of the sower. It's not the parable of the Good Samaritan. But it's the parable of how Jesus teaches us uh, to pray. Uh, And a couple of weeks ago when Christian was preaching, he asked one of his uh, youngest kids to help him with his reading. Uh, And I thought, oh, maybe I should do the same. And no, I didn't ask Dale. (laughs) So I thought, oh, let me get someone uh, to help me as well. I was going to ask Zach, but he's too young. And uh, Jacob doesn't stay still, unfortunately. So I was going to ask Bami, actually, but uh, I thought if he catches the Holy Spirit, we'll be here. (laughs) It's it's really not going to work out. (laughs) So instead, I've asked asked Esther to, uh, to help me. Esther, if you can help me, help me. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Hopefully, it will come up on the screen behind me. But we are reading from Luke chapter 11, and it's verses 1 to 13. Yeah? to 13, Jesus teaching on prayer. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John told his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. Lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, friend led me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my friend and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask, and it, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of your fathers, if your son asks for 
a fish will give him a snake instead or if he asks for an egg will give him a scorpion if you then though you're evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give the holy spirit to those who ask him amen thank you Brilliant. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Esther. You did very well. So if I struggle at any point, Esther, I'll give you a signal, and then you can come back and finish for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, today's preaching is about prayer. And uh, what is prayer? Well, this chapter starts with uh, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, the Lord's Prayer, as presented here, is Jesus' model for prayer. And it can also be seen in uh, Matthew 6, verses 9 to 13. Uh, when Jesus is asked how we should pray, this is what he gives us. And it's quite good to note, actually, that Jesus himself, uh, on many occasions, which I think uh, some will come up here, uh, he prayed himself. Before uh, important functions, he prayed. Before a journey, he prayed. Before a meal, he prayed. And... Uh, after, uh, after certain things that happened, after miracles that happened, he would pray. So we see that Jesus was always in communication with his Father. And uh, I think it's good that he's also helping us and giving us a model of how we should be praying. So I believe that prayer is just simply speaking to God. Jesus here is guiding us and uh, showing us how to speak to our Father in heaven. I'm not going to spend too much time speaking on the Lord's Prayer itself because, as the series says, we are speaking on the parables. But there are a few things that stood out to me when I kept reading this passage of Scripture. Uh, I believe this is what Jesus is saying. We should, this is how Jesus is saying we should speak to our Father in heaven. I think he's saying, one, we should give him authority and bow before him as our Father in heaven. Two, we should praise him hallowed be his name. And three, we should speak to him with boldness. Uh, it says, give us uh, our daily bread. And then uh, for fourthly, it says, we should speak openly and honestly to our Father. It says, forgive us our sin. Uh, and I believe that's the invitation for us to open up and express ourselves, our doubts, our fears, our sins to our Father and ask for his forgiveness. Jesus then goes on after giving the Lord's Prayer to tell this parable of uh, a friend uh, knocking at night. And uh, what is a, a parable? The best description I found uh, in my theological journey that I've been on, uh, I consulted the great rabbi, that is Google, and uh, <laughs> this is what Google said. And this is the best description that I found, which resonated with me. It says, it is a, sh a short, simple story illustrating a moral or a spiritual truth. And that is the description that uh, stuck with me, what a parable is. A short, simple story illustrating a moral or spiritual truth. So what is this parable saying to us? Uh, I believe the parables addressing the third point which I've highlighted above which is 
speaking to God with boldness, uh, asking God with boldness, and not to be shy to ask God in our prayers. It gives the spiritual and moral truth of what happens when you, when you speak to God and ask him for what you need. So when I was reading this scripture, uh, like I'm sure most of us know these principles of ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find, uh, knock and the door will be open to you. Uh, many of us have had this uh, in our spiritual or Christian journey. Even people that are not Christians, haven't been to church, have uh, had these reference. So when I first started preparing for this, and I was reading uh, this passage for the first time, I thought, oh, this is going to be easy. Everyone knows this. <laughs> so I don't have to, uh, there's no pressure on me to uh, bring anything new or anything insightful because I'm preaching to the choir, if you may. Uh, and everyone knows uh, what Jesus is saying here. Even more, Jesus has summarized it very nicely and very neatly in this parable. And the, the par uh, I can see <laughs> Robin is nodding because he's had to pre preach on a parable as well. And the interesting about, thing about a parable is that it sort of summarizes the message and delivers it in a complete short story in a very complete form. So I thought, oh, this is easy. My job is done. So all I have to do is just read the parable, get to the end, Stop, say my goodbyes, and that is it. <laughs> so we've read, the, we've read the parable, so I guess this is the point where I say goodbye. But I kept on reading. Uh, yeah, I kept on reading, and the thing that struck me the most about uh, this passage of Scripture is when it gets to the very end, uh, the very last section, which I will read again and hopefully will come up behind me here. It says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. When I was reading this, I was like, whoa, 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 hold on. Where does the Holy Spirit come in all this? I've heard this scripture many times, and I know exactly what it's about. It's about asking and receiving. It's about seeking and finding. It's about a father, an earthly father will give good gifts, to his son, so how much more will our Father in heaven give good gifts to us? I did not realize that the very last end does not say that the Father in heaven will give good gifts to us, but it actually says the Father, a Father in heaven, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So I was like, oh, Jesus was very sneaky. I just snacking the Holy Spirit right at the very end <laughs> when he thought I wouldn't be paying attention. Um, so where does the Holy Spirit fit in all this? So what is Jesus uh, doing, sneaking the Holy Spirit in at the very end? And he messed up my very nice little preach which I had 
<laughs> which I thought was going to take me about five minutes and then I'll be done. But he does say, how much more will our Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Well, it turns out Jesus didn't just sneak in the Holy Spirit in, in this uh, passage. His message is very consistent. This can also be seen in Matthew 6, verses 25 to 33, which I will read. Yeah. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you, not more, are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single day to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers in the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, ye, you of little faith? Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows what you need. But seek first, the king, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Wow. Again, in the scripture, Jesus has done the same thing right towards the very end. He's put it right there for me to see. There's but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So I believe Jesus is saying, we should go to our Father in heaven and speak to him. He wants to give us uh, the kingdom and his righteousness if we ask. He wants to give us his Holy Spirit if we ask. And I believe he's saying that all our daily needs are already known by God. All our daily needs, God has already planned for. He's got a way to supply uh, for, for those things that we need. But all we have to do is we have to go to him and uh, ask him, which is what the parable is illustrating to us. And then at this point, I'd like to sort of tell you my story about my ask to God. And uh, it's more of my testimony of uh, my relationship with God. Uh, I'm sure many of you know I was born and I grew up in South Africa. And I lived in the townships in South Africa up until I was 15. And I grew up knowing about church, grew up knowing about God. I mean, when you're in the township, it's very difficult to not know here a God because when a neighbor is uh, praying three doors down in the middle of the night, you will hear it. <laughs> and when they pray, they pray till the morning. So whether you like it or not, you are exposed uh, to the church, you are exposed to the things of God. So I've always had that around me, but I'd never met God uh, myself personally, or I'd never had a personal relationship with him. And uh, my mom always took me to church on Sunday, 
He took me to Sunday school when I was in South Africa. And when I came over to the UK when I was 15, it was the same. Every time she went to church, I went with her. But most of the time, if I'm honest, I would just fall asleep. Uh, and if I wasn't asleep, I was probably half asleep. So if, if, you, if you're falling asleep during my preach today, uh, don't be embarrassed because I used to be in that position as well. So <laughs> I can relate. Um, yeah, so I went off to university in Bristol. And then it was at this point I had to make a decision uh, for myself about my faith. And I had to decide what I would do on a Sunday morning. I couldn't follow my mom to church uh, anymore. But I met a very good friend of mine. Uh, his name is Victor. And he was a Christian. And he used to go to church. So as I couldn't follow my mom, I did the very best thing. The next best thing, and I started following Victor to his church. <laughs> Again, I'd go uh, with him to church. I'd be half asleep. Even worse, now I was, at, I was at university. I was half asleep, and I was also hungover. So I was guaranteed to, uh, to fall asleep and not uh, hear anything. And uh, yeah, fast forward, I graduated in uh, 2009. This was after the 2008 recession. I was back at home with my mom, uh, and I didn't have a job in architecture. I was just doing a part-time job, and my life was sort of a standstill. Um, and most of the time, I was going out clubbing. I was chasing girls. Sorry, Jacob. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was drinking heavily uh, most weekends and that was, that was just the norm that was the pattern of life for me and that just became the standard of life that I, I got used to but deep down I had a yearning and I knew that there was something more that I wanted for my life but I couldn't see a way to sort of break that uh, cycle that I was in because every uh, avenue that I tried, it failed. I tried applying for jobs. I tried every single way you can think of to apply for jobs. And then following on from the 2008 recession, most architectural offices were closing down rather than uh, hiring. So it was really difficult at that time. Uh, this went on up until 2010. And I'll always remember this date. It was the 27th of November in 2010. Me and my friends decided to go out clubbing as we normally did on the weekends. Um, and then one of my very good friends, Ben, uh, he, was, he went with me that night. We got properly drunk. Okay? I'm not sure you know what properly drunk is, Dale, but <laughs> we got uh, properly drunk that time. And for the first time in my life, I was so drunk uh, to the point where I blacked out. Uh, now, I grew up in South Africa in the township, as I mentioned earlier. And in the township, it's almost like a broken society, if you may. And I was always exposed to alcohol from a very young age. I think probably even before I went to secondary school, I was drinking with my cousins, and that was just the norm. Uh, so I always felt within myself that I was in control when I was drinking. So this night was definitely a shock when I, uh, I blacked out. Uh, my friend Ben walked me home. I do not remember any of this. He tucked me into bed. I don't remember that either. <laughs> uh, and then he walked home himself. Um, I woke up the next morning. 
looked at my phone and I had so many messages. I had messages from my friends, I had messages from uh, uh, Ben's parents. And uh, what I found out that morning is that after Ben tucked me into bed, he didn't walk home. Uh, he walked over to a bridge and then he stood on top of the bridge and he was ready to jump. Uh, at that time, Ben was very depressed. Uh, being young people, we knew he wasn't happy, but we don't think it's uh, serious. And being as drunk as he was, he was very upset over a um, ex-girlfriend that he'd broken up with. Uh, he was standing on the bridge, he called her, he was threatening to jump. And uh, she called the police, uh, they called his parents, they called me, but as you already know, I was blacked out uh, asleep. And I didn't realize uh, any of this up until I woke up uh, the next morning. So the next morning when I woke up, I was probably still drunk if I'm honest, but as soon as I read the messages, realized what was going on, um, and I should say that Ben is absolutely fine. We're still good friends now. Uh, he, they managed to convince him and he walked back home. And uh, since then, he's been, he's been fine. But when I woke up the next morning and I realized what was going on, literally the alcohol left my system. I was in a, a state of complete soberness. No hangover, no nothing. I had absolute clarity. And the one thing I was clear about was that I needed to get on my knees and pray and uh, speak to God. And uh, at that moment, I gave my life to God. You know, I asked God for his forgiveness because I realized that I was at a moment, I was at a crossroad in my life. I could either carry on uh, the way that things were going and who knows what would happen the following weekend, or I could ask God for his forgiveness and for his help. And uh, when I was praying, I felt strongly that there were three things I wanted to ask from God. Uh, one, I wanted a, a good job in architecture because that had always been my, that has always been my passion. I wanted to meet a good woman and uh, make her my wife as I come from a broken family. And I wanted to have a good life. Those are the three things that I asked for in that, in that prayer. Um, and I spoke to God and to my surprise God spoke to me and I felt very strongly God uh, say these things to me one God said I had to study the Bible and study his word and then that very next day I bought a uh, a one-year study Bible that allows you to uh, read the Bible in a year. It wasn't Meet the Bible, Sally, as you see. <laughs> Sally is smiling because we read Meet the Bible together. But it was a similar book that allows you to read uh, uh, the Bible in a year. I bought that book, and I was able to finish it in the year, which I was very proud of myself for that. Uh, I stopped drinking, uh, and I haven't drunk since then. And that was about 12 years ago now. And the third thing that I felt God tell me was that I had to stop using profanity 
and listening to rap music, which was my uh, daily norm at the time. And I haven't sworn since that day, and I, and I try to be very careful about uh, the words that leave my mouth. I try and be very careful that my words are life-giving because I feel like that's edifying to me in a way. Uh, and that has uh, helped me in my relationship with God because uh, I feel that in that moment I spoke to God and he spoke back to me and that's what he said and, and I keep those things very dear to, uh, to me. And uh, God answered. So in just over a month, I found a design job and I started working and I haven't stopped working since. And about seven months later, God bless Nicole. <laughs> it's true, it's true. <laughs> and we started dating. Um, she, she, she is very blessed. And uh, <laughs> I say that today because by a strange coincidence, oh, some may not believe in coincidences, but today is actually the 12th year anniversary of the day when we first started dating. Nicole and I. Uh, I'm sure she probably doesn't even remember that because we don't. <laughs> that's, that's all right. We've got a wedding anniversary to uh, celebrate now, so we thank God for that. And my life has been, has been blessed. I spent the first 15 years of my life in the township, never leaving the township. The first time I left the township or the area, the city of Durban, was when I came to the UK. And since then, uh, God has blessed me. I've been able to travel and see the world. I think I've been to about 27 countries I've counted. I can't count how many cities I've seen around the world. So I feel like God has really answered my prayer and uh, he's really blessed me and I thank, I, I thank him for that. So what does all this have to do with the parable? You might be asking yourself. Well, as the parable says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And Matthew 6:33 also says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So in, in conclusion, really, I'll just like all of us to just sit and think and like really think and search our hearts and say, our Father in heaven is there, he's waiting, he's willing, he's listening. What are we going to ask him? As the parable says, if a father, an earthly father, will not give a snake to his child, how much more will our Father in heaven bless us? And I really do believe that he is waiting to have a conversation with each and every one of us. I know many of us speak to God, but I believe that the point of the parable uh, that Jesus gave after uh, uh, giving the Lord's Prayer as a model for prayer for us was to speak with boldness, to ask God with boldness, and not just to have a conversation with him, but to actually uh, be open, honest, and be brave and bold enough to ask for the things that we need because God will give them to us. 
So my challenge uh, to us this morning is to sort of sit and think, what are we asking? And how are we going to ask him? Well, that's pretty simple because Jesus has already given us the model. And the way we ask him is through prayer. And I would like to read from uh, Matthew 6, verses 5 to 9, which sort of summarizes perfectly uh, how Jesus is saying we should be praying. And then from verse 5 it says, When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. And to end, I would like you to uh, all join me and we'll say uh, this last part of the Lord's Prayer together. Okay? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it's in heaven, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Lead us not to temptation. Thank you. All right. Thank you.